The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Well, good afternoon, everyone. I'm Jim Stanley, sitting in for Brother Bert Harper today on Exploring the Word. I'm also joined by Dr. Alex McFarland. And Alex, we have a special guest, don't we? Well, we do, and this is a very, very uh, great privilege to bring on. Folks, uh, you may have heard of him. He, I hear he's done radio a little bit for he's a few a years. He's a newcomer. But he's going to make it, Jim. This guy is going to go full-time. His name is Reverend Bert Harper, and he is our correspondent on the road at the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, Mr. Harper, welcome to Exploring the Word. Well, thank you, guys. It's good to be on with y'all. It sounds like you guys are holding it down there, and uh, I appreciate, Jim, you being there. And, Alex, it's been great to be in New Orleans. Well, amen, amen. And we appreciate you traveling. And, uh, hey, we appreciate Jim Stanley, as always, sitting in in your stead. But um, so you and Jan are down there. How, how are things at the Southern Baptist Convention, brother? I had not attended in a few years, and so this this brings back a lot of memories when I was pastoring full-time, and I would come to these conventions. The camaraderie is here. There are issues that there's some disagreements on that they're going to iron out. They haven't been voted on yet, but those positions will be taken. The good part about it is when I walk through the lobby, I can't tell which way the other person is going to vote, Mm. and that means that we're... We're in Christ, and when this is over, I'm praying that we will have come to a biblical agreement concerning pastors being male and being a, the senior pastor being male, and also we would be coming in agreement that we really need to go by the Word of God. So there's some great people here, guys, and uh, I'm enjoying being in New Orleans. Amen. Amen. Well, probably one of the more important questions for me is, have you been by Cafe Du Monde? And if so, are you going to bring me some home? <laughs> I want to just tell you, we were in a taxi, and they said, there's a place better than that. After eating there, it's not quite as good as uh, that guy led us to believe, far as, uh, you know, uh, the beignets. But right. we stopped off in Laurel, Mississippi, on the way down here to eat lunch. And we ate a place, and they said, our beignets is better than the ones in New Orleans, so we bought those. So let me just make this, if the time works out perfectly, (laughs) we're going to stop there on our way home. Uh, It it was good. So, yes, New Orleans is known for the food, and it is always a joy to be down here. Well, we're glad that you're there. We're glad that you're going to bring us an update on that. And you know, you're right. There are a lot of important things going on at the Southern Baptist Convention this year. And I really hope that they will reaffirm the Bible mm-hmm. being the true and inerrant Word of God. And then, uh, of course, some other issues that some politi- may consider political, but I think we find them to be at the core of the Bible. And Christianity, and and we just can't have social Christianity, can we? You're right, guys. Let me just say this. Southern Baptist is the largest evangelical uh, church denomination in America. 
And the last few years, we've seen a decline. A lot of folks think it may have had to do with the pandemic, but it is in decline, and churches are going a different way. And uh, the disagreement on women being called pastors may be one of those dividing moments for some churches. And also the issues that are coming up before us and resolutions, by and large, they're good and they're voted on well. But yet at the same time, it is a direction. Our direction has not been that strong in the last few years. And so we have someone that's trying to say we need to get back to evangelism. Mm. We need to get back to planting churches uh, and, and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. As Alex is an evangelist knows, listen, we are to go to the people and we're to share. Uh, we can say come to our churches, and that's good. We want them to come. But evangelism, part of the Great Commission, is as you go into the world. So, guys, uh, there's there's kind of that direction. We need to have someone that's our president that will say we need to be going forth, preaching the Word of God, sharing the good news of Christ. So I'm praying mm. that takes place and that there'll, that there'll be a revival here, not just a meeting to make decisions, but a decision to follow Christ with every fiber of our being. That's my prayer. Amen. 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 Well, Bert, uh, hi, Alex here. Do you, do you get the sense that the majority of people there, that they realize, look, we, we have no message but the message of the gospel, and we have no authority but the Word of God, not the tides of culture, but the, the eternal, infallible revelation of God's Word. Do you feel like the majority of people are committed to that, Bert? I believe they are, but... Those issues that we uh, think that would help us, this is one of the things that's about the, the charges of sexual misconduct in local churches, and the Southern Baptist Convention took it on as a whole, and it's costing Southern Baptists to do all kinds of, it's costing cooperative program money that's spent to be educating pastors and missionaries, sending missionaries across the, the world and the nation. Uh, it's being tied up doing those things, and what uh, there's a group of us, and I'm one of those groups, and that should have been taken care of at local church. If there's sexual misconduct, go to the police. Let them handle it. Let that church be in charge. Not We're not a top-down denomination. We're bottom-up. Every church is autonomous. And so that is a big disagreement, and that's got to be dealt with, and it's going to be dealt with, I think. And uh, things like that, we'd say, yeah, we've got to do evangelism. We've got to preach the Word. Jesus Christ is preeminent. I don't think anybody, any either side, they just there's some disagreement on the way some of that is to be done, guys. And uh, I, I'm just praying that we would—what Southern Baptists came together for was two things. One— is missions, evangelism, and the other one was education, that we educate our pastors and our missionaries. Those two things, the Quattro program came about to, to promote those things, and we've gotten a little wide. In other words, we, we spend our money here, spend our money there. There's a large, large group of us say we need to get it down to the basics. And so I'm one of those that thinks that, and I'm praying that it, regardless of which way we go, that those two things are dream true. Mm, amen. 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 Well, um, now, 
I know you and our, our mutual colleague and friend, Dr. Jerry Drace, you guys were going to have a, a, a dinner there or a breakfast or something. Okay. Is that right? Yes. Well, we had two meetings, the evangelist meeting. That was last night, and it was great to see men and women that love the Lord as they want to see evangelism done. There's you and the evangelist, Alex. Uh, oh, yeah. When I'd come to these meetings, Alex, <laughs> we, there, Alex, there would be, uh, you know, a hundred evangelists in the Southern Baptist Convention. There were only 11 evangelists that was there last night. So evangelism, mm-hmm. evangelists, there's not as many churches are not having evangelistic meetings using evangelists. And then the other thing, this morning we had Progressive Baptist Network, and AFR was helping sponsor that. Jeff Reeves got to speak. Jerry Drace and I was able to say a word or two. And so it was a great time, these pastors meeting together with their wives, saying, we want to get back to the basics. That's the, you remember that old song, Jim, The Basics of Life? Yes, sir. Uh, we, we, yeah, we need to get down to the basics of, of the Bible and say, this is where we stand. We can do no other. And so uh, right now, there's uh, resolutions going on. We're going to vote for the president in just a minute. When I'll go back into the hall, that's what I'll be doing. And so we're praying that God would have his way in this convention. Well, according to the schedule, that's supposed to be happening just any time now, huh? Yes, we had some microphone issues, and they delayed it about 10 minutes. So uh, I'm about to hang up from you guys <laughs> and go back in there. Jan's holding my ballot, so I'll have it ready, and I can sit down and be a part of this. And I'm excited about it. I appreciate AFR giving me the blessing of coming and of being a part of this. It, it is awesome to be here with this many people. They, Amen. We won't deny well, any of them. They love Jesus. They love his word, but there are some, just some separate things that— we need to deal with, and I pray we deal with it in God's way. Amen. Well, I don't want you to be late because I want you to be able to vote, but um, maybe while you head back in there, Jim and I, let's pray. I mean, there are thousands of Southern Baptist churches, millions of Southern Baptist members, and to a large degree, as goes the SBC, so goes Protestant Christianity in America. So, Jim, could you and I take a moment and just pray for the Spirit of God to strongly, thoroughly preside over that convention? Absolutely. Would you lead us, Jim? I will. Well, Father, we thank you for your presence among us, that we as the body of Exploring the Word may be all across the country. We can join united in prayer at the same time, because by your Spirit, we can be one. And so, Father, I ask that we as the the body of the Exploring the Word listeners would take now and pray for the Southern Baptist Convention. Yes, Father, yes. we are in the Acts of the Apostles. We see what's happened so far there. Father God, I ask that you would just take and shake that Colosseum yes. by the power of your Spirit with a new, fresh, mighty rushing wind that they would be reminded that we are to be about the business of Jesus that our self-interest might be set aside, that you might be glorified as they come together and raise your, your son up by his name. Now, Father, we also pray for other denominations that yes. you would shake them as well. Father, we know that judgment begins in the house of God. 
So, Father, keep your judgment from us a little longer and allow us to continue to minister in your word by your spirit through the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Well said, Jim. And folks, this is Exploring the Word. We are in the New Testament book of Acts, and you can turn there. Uh, We are going to get to questions. Hey, jot this number down, 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. We'll get to Bible questions here in a little while. But uh, you know what's so beautiful, Jim, is you and I read about the book of Acts, people getting saved, the gospel being preached, the Spirit of the Lord working. Mm. Well, that very same Spirit of God is at work in the world today, and that very same gospel message is our message today, the message of Jesus. Amen. Folks, this is Exploring the Word. We're in the fourth chapter of the book of Acts, and we'll be back with that to start off, and then we'll get to your Bible questions a little bit later on here on American Family Radio. Exploring the Word, Jim Stanley with Dr. Alex McFarland, and for those who may have seen me on video, I was jamming just a little to that song. Amen. That that's a that's a great thought. Uh, casting crowns there, and we really are. And I know we say this: we're nobody. We want to try and stay out of Jesus's way so that He can minister. Don't don't we, Alex? Jim, when I was a youth pastor at Friendly Avenue Baptist Church in Greensboro, North Carolina, back in the 90s, we brought to Greensboro for a men's breakfast. We had about, I don't know, seven or 800 people come out to hear Melvin Graham, Billy Graham's brother. Mm. And uh, what a great man of God he was. He was a, a, a farmer, and he showed up in a beat-up old pickup truck, and he was in blue jeans, and he drove up from Charlotte and he was a great man of God, and he said to the crowd, I'm just a nobody who wants to tell everybody about a somebody who could save anybody. And, you know, that's all of us. It is. And uh, when I hear that song, I think about Billy Graham and his brother. But, you know, we say it this way, too, and we're going to be in Acts 4. Every now and then, you know, I'll be traveling, and people say, oh, we listen to you and Bert on the radio, and we love AFR, and you know, it's very humbling. But Bert, Bert would say this, and I said, look, I don't care that anybody knows Alex McFarland's name, but I do care that everybody knows Jesus's name. Because as you'll see in Acts 4.12, let me read this, and, but I, I do want to go back a little bit, but Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Folks, Miss anything else, but don't miss Jesus. Amen. Amen. You remember yesterday we were reading about the Sadducees, Mm -hmm. that um, they were very secular. Uh, History tells us about 200 B.C., they were a sect that were um, the sons of Zadok. There was a priest in the Old Testament, and the, the followers of Zadok became 
the Sadducees. It's really kind of a variation on that name Zadok, but they were the people with money. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but um, at the time of Christ, the Sadducees were very secular. They did not believe in the resurrection, and they, they were the power players. They really were. And so here comes Peter and John preaching, healing, doing miracles, and preaching that Jesus rose from the dead. So it says in verse 4 of Acts 4, many of the people who heard Peter and John believed. And it came to pass on the morrow that the rulers, the elders and scribes, Annas the high priest, Caiaphas and John and Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest, gathered together at Jerusalem. And they had set them in the midst, and they asked, By what power or what name have you done this? What what are you doing preaching on Solomon's porch and healing the, the, the lame people? Now, Jim, I'm going to hand it off to you, but understand that a lot of these religious leaders, they were the best clergy money could buy, and they knew how the bread got buttered. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Um, hey, folks, by the way, always preach and witness and live and serve, mm-hmm. mindful that you, you're doing it for an audience of one, right. God. Right. And so here's the religious leaders, and they, they know that their, a lot of their money comes from the Sadducees, and the Sadducees want Peter and John silenced. So these religious hirelings are happy to comply. Yeah, and, and they are because they don't want to rock the boat. Uh, and I want to be clear, we're not saying that pastors and staff members of the church aren't worthy of being paid, aren't worthy of being hired. We're talking about two different things here. The, the Sadducees at the time were kind of throwing their money around, uh, almost like you see in political and some churches, unfortunately, too, where the wealthy get to decide what color the paint on the wall may be <laughs> when everybody participates in the building programs. That, you see where I'm going there, Alex? I'm yeah, just, absolutely. And absolutely. so that's, what, that's kind of what was going on here, though it was a lot more serious than just the paint on the wall or the... Uh, if Adam had a belly button in the picture of Adam and Eve. So uh, it's one of those things, I don't mean to make light of it, but that's to give us a, a, a current understanding of what the problem was then and sometimes what the problem is now. Alex, uh, if you don't mind, as we get into verse 8 there, um, and also there in verse 7, by what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit and said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by your builders, which has become the chief cornerstone, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Alex, when I was reading that and when I was thinking about that, it reminded me of the passage in Matthew 16 when Jesus said to the disciples, you know, who do men say that I am? 
And they said, some, you know, say you're John the Baptist, some Elias, some Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And Jesus said to them, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also to thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, not Peter, but the rock of the testimony that Peter gave, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So when we see that there in Matthew, and then we look here in verse 8, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them. Mm. It's, I think that it's important to remember that Peter had a unique relationship with Jesus, and he had a definitive knowledge of whom he was speaking, and he has seen the living resurrection of Jesus Christ and knew that it was through his power and his spirit alone that he was able to do the healing that he was doing and also that salvation was being given and healing being given to to the person there. And and so, Alex, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get carried away there, but that's one of those things that excites me about the Bible is how the Bible proves itself out, you know, time after time. Amen. Well, you know what? Um, you've heard me say, and, and I'll say it again, one of my heroes in all the Bible is Peter. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really... And folks, if you want a blessing, you read First and Second Peter. It, it is just magnificent what God spoke through the Apostle Peter. I'm going to tell you, he's one of the most brave men in all of Scripture, uh, because in verse 10 there... Well, let me go back. Peter, Verse 8, Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. His, his boldness, his power mm-hmm. in sharing the gospel, it comes from the Holy Spirit, same as us to this very day. He said, you want to know how this good deed was done? Uh, well, be it known that Jesus, and here's the courage, whom you crucified, mm-hmm. wow, I mean, he is pointing the finger, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man, this lame man, stands before you whole. Okay, there's a lot of things at play here that the Sadducees, the religious leaders, this is going to rock their world. First of all, they didn't believe in an afterlife, and yet Jesus is risen from the dead. All the clergy, the hired religious um, you know, leaders, well, God, the true and living God, not working through the paid religious uh, professionals, but working through Peter and John. Now look at this. Go down there in verse 13. When when all these people saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled, and they took knowledge that they had been with Jesus. Jim, uh, wouldn't it be great if that could be said of all of us, that people could not help but see that we had been with Jesus? And the word there... Translated, verse 13, this is huge. Uh, We should meditate on this for a long time. Everybody could see Peter and John, and it wasn't that they had been to the right school or that they were articulate. It wasn't their oratory or the degree on the wall, but they were, it says they marveled. And the word in the Greek is the word astonished. Mm. But they did know this, undeniable, they had been with Jesus. 
Isn't that something? Now, look, there's nothing wrong with education. There's nothing wrong with, you know, any of the achievements that we oftentimes define ourselves by. But here's the test of fruit versus being barren, uh, power versus being irrelevant, if you've been with Jesus. Mm. That's where, that's what matters in the life of a Christian, isn't it? It is. I, I remember a homiletics class where I had done a, just an extensive job preparing a sermon. And Alex, you preach a lot, so you know what preparing a sermon's like. And so this was for our homiletics class, and uh, man, it, it was a beautiful sermon. I'm going to tell you, uh, I, I could write a sermon pretty well back then. And it was so good that the instructor gave it an A. And I'm like, man, this is going to bless people's socks off. And so I get in the pulpit, and I try and deliver that message, and it was a resounding failure. So I remember that as the time that man gave me an A, but God gave me an F, if you will, Mm. Uh, because it wasn't the education that made the difference. It's the fact that I wasn't getting out of Jesus' way that he might be seen because I was so pumped up about what the grade for that was. And, And you're absolutely right. It doesn't matter about us. Uh, we have to, as, as I said earlier, we have to kind of stay out of Jesus' way. We're to shine forth Jesus, not shine forth ourselves. Amen. You know, um, Billy Graham, who is exempl- was exemplary in so many ways, I mean, he really was, but there was a time many years ago that one of his heroes was a guy named Lloyd John Ogilvie, mm-hmm. who at one point was chaplain of the U.S. Senate. And um, I'm not all that familiar with uh, Lloyd Ogilvie, but you know Billy Graham really looked up to him, and he could preach with power, and God used him in a great way. And so one time they were somewhere, and Billy Graham, uh, they said, well, he's back in his office. Go see him if you want to. So Billy Graham went down a hallway to the office of Lloyd John Ogilvie, and he walked in, and there's a carpet on the floor, like a big area rug, and uh, Lloyd John Ogilvie was underneath it, weeping and mm. praying. And he, he was basically saying, oh, God, I need you, and Lord, please fill me, and, you know, Spirit of the living God, please give me the strength to preach. And they said Billy Graham kind of tiptoed away backward, didn't disturb him, and he said that was how he realized the power that this man was just on his face before God, and not only down on the floor praying, but got up under the rug on the floor before mm. God praying. Now, that might sound extreme, but it's not. And we could give you so many examples of the great leaders past and present, and here is the power, folks. And I know Bert Harper would concur with what I'm about to say, and I know Jim does, that we've got to get on our knees before the Lord, and we say, Lord, cleanse me, fill me, use me. Lord, I am nothing, but you are everything. And Lord, I'm, I'm a tool in your hand. And Jim, when it's all about Jesus, and it's all dependent on Jesus, and he gets the glory, he will use us, and lives can be changed. And what a privilege in this little brief life to be a tool in the hand of the Savior. Amen. Amen. That's uh, Here in, in Acts 4, cha- at verse thir- chapter 4, verse 13, uh, 
they realized that they had been with Jesus. And mm. see, and like you said, it's about fruit bearing. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with him, they could say nothing against it. Yeah, but when they right. had, yeah, yeah. I mean, what do you say at that point? What, what are you going to say? Yeah. <laughs> I, okay, so this man's healed. You're telling us it was done by the power and the name of Jesus, and you've also told us that's the only name through which we have any hope. Any hope of salvation comes from him. And so they said nothing. And then, of course, the plot thickens a little. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. Mm. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. They wouldn't even mention Jesus amongst themselves. It it was kind of the name that shall not be spoken. Alex... Man, we see it all over the country. We see it all over the world. We're coming to the point that it won't be long before we're told we can't mention the name of Jesus. Oh, yeah. And and let me say, this is already true. I mean, there are places uh, in California, mm-hmm. there are laws against what's called conversion therapy. In other words, if you tell sinners to repent— and uh, it might be counseling, and Christian counseling is fine, biblical counseling, but uh, sin is sin, homosexuality is wrong, and there's a better way. I mean, you can be sued. You can, uh, in Canada, people are losing everything. We've got to decide, like they said in verse 19, look, we are not going to be silent. We must preach Jesus. Well, this is Exploring the Word. A a brief break. Jim and I will be back. We'll take your questions. Stay with us on Exploring the Word. Let us tell you about Jesus, our Jesus, and he can be your Savior as well. We often say this, Jesus is as close by as a prayer, and we hope you'll call out to him today. The number, you can call into the show with your Bible questions. We'd love to hear from you. It's a privilege, honestly, if you call in. It's 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Hey, let me remind you that on AFR.net, uh, the shows are archived. You can listen again. You can share this with people. The app also, the American Family Radio app, all the great programming, today's issues, airing the Addison's, Jenna Ellis in the morning, the Hamilton Corner, exploring the Word, and just all this programming. Uh, Jim, we give God the glory, but everywhere I go, people tell me how they listen. Some people say they listen like all day long. And by the way, one last shout out. I've got to give a big shout out because we hear a lot from the truckers, truckers all over America. And by the way, if you have anything, you can thank a trucker. Uh, groceries, clothes, you know. And Jim, we are so privileged. We have a lot of people 
uh, driving the trucks and bringing us the things we need on the roadways all over America, and they listen to Exploring the Word. And truckers, you are a blessing. You know, I used to hear from Trucker Bob from time to time. It's been a minute since I've heard from him. I hope he's still listening. And, you know, uh, I, I just, like you said, there are a lot of folks that listen while they're driving, and they have a list of, of where we are. So if they're in that city or that area, they can listen. And, folks, you can find that list at AFR.net, and uh, there's a place there that says Find a Station. And then if you want to, you can see the map. But there's a little print icon that, you know, looks like a piece of paper coming out of a printer. If you click on that, it gives you a listing of where we are by state. And so either whichever way, you know, suits your fancy, you can do it either way. But if you click on that, it gives you a PDF and you can print it and keep it in your car. So that's just one more way to take AFR with you. And then, of course, we have the AFR apps as well. Hey, uh, Alex, before we get to the calls, just real quick, um, I want to make a note that we are going to say we got to verse 14 because I want to keep, if you don't mind, tomorrow when we come back, I want to keep 14 through uh, 22 together so that we can see that, you know, as a whole. Uh, Does that make sense? It does. It's funny you mention that because I, I made a little mark by verse 22 as well. So that'll be our, our preaching portion for tomorrow. How about that? That works. And we'll, you know, I'll try and hush a little more than I did today. But, you know, you got me excited. And so. It, right on. It's, <laughs> it's worth getting, getting excited about. Amen. Let's talk to Linda calling from Alabama. Linda, welcome to Exploring the Word. Hey, how are you? Doing well. Bless. Uh, I just want to tell you, I really enjoy your program. I listen to it every day. Well, Well, thank thank you. you. (laughs) Alex and I did that in stereo. (laughs) Yes, that's right. (laughs) Well, my my question is, uh, it's uh, regarding Friday's uh, um, broadcast. And you mentioned in Luke 11.24 about dry places. And then you correlated it with androgynous, mm-hmm. and I was wondering how do you how do you put those two together? Well, great question. And do you know what? Interestingly, a similar thing because remember Jesus said when an evil spirit is cast out, he goes to dry places. Well, dry uh, can it means waterless, but it also means barren, and it's the Greek word androgynous. Now in second. Tim, uh, 2 Peter chapter 2, speaking of false teachers, it says they are like wells without water, promising rain, uh, 2 Peter 2.17, uh, carried about wells without water. Now, what does that have to do with androgyny? Well, let me say this. Um, androgyny is like, that word came along in the 80s, before we ever heard about transgenderism, but it was like uh, guys that dress sort of feminine but not exactly masculine, v- women that would be very masculine, and and sometimes you just didn't know, is this a guy or a girl? And now they would say, well, neither. We're non-binary. We're, you know, trans. Listen to this. Um, when somebody is neither male nor female— and nobody is that way, really, because we are male or female. Uh, androgyny is very much acquainted to the uh, equated to the idea of being barren, 
unfruitful, and it is translated as waterless. Um, at the very foundation, let me say, it's not producing anything, and it's not being who God made you to be. Um, one last thing, Jim. The Bible says in Genesis, when God created, that everything reproduces after their kind. Uh, cats have birth to kittens, and tr- oak trees shed acorns, and human beings were made to be married and be fruitful and multiply. Now, I'm not saying that you, if you're not married, uh, you're out of God's will, but I am saying this, that just as a spirit, an evil fallen spirit, a demon, is counter to God's creation and opposite to God's will, all of this androgyny, transgender, the, the, the attempted denial of male and female, that's fighting against reality. That's fighting against God's created order. And Jim, I think also it's fighting against what deep down everybody knows is true. People, everybody knows men don't get pregnant. Um, everybody knows that males and females are different. And so, um, Jim, this is hard truth for, for this time in which we live, but it's truth that needs to be said, isn't it? It sure is. And, you know, we could we could stay with that for a little while and talk about that it's basic plumbing, you know. Uh, yeah. It's basic electrical work. If you look at the electrical sockets, you know, there's... Uh, have, Go to any hardware store. That's right. For, and it's self-explanatory. There's uh, a male and a female. One last thing, and I know we got to move on, but uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson, when she was nominated to the Supreme Court, um, and, you know, she was confirmed back in uh, 2022 to the U.S. Supreme Court, and they said, um, they asked her, what is a woman? And she said, I, I, I don't know. I yeah. can't define that. I'm not a scientist. Oh, my goodness. Uh, right. give, me, give me a break. <laughs> give me a break. All right, folks, 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840 is the number to call this afternoon. And we're going to, and Linda, thanks again for that call. We're going to talk to Denise now, calling from Ohio. Denise, welcome to Exploring the Word. Thank you. This is my first time calling y'all. Um, I've been listening to you for a long time, and I've learned so much from you, and I just want to thank you so much for that. Well, bless you. Thank you. Um my question is, after the rapture and we all go home and um, we, have our, we come back and we have our thousand-year reign under Jesus here on earth, what happens after that, after the thousand years? Well, uh, eternity proper is ushered in. And, it, Jim, I, you know, I believe that after the thousand-year millennium, uh, you read Revelation 21, and it says, John says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the earth were passed away. And I, John, this is Revelation 21 too, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of God, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Mm. And Jim, after the, the thousand year millennium, comes the new heaven, new earth, and really eternity proper, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen. 
Hey, Denise, thank you for the call, and thank you for the kind words, too. Let's talk to Sam now, calling from Arkansas. Sam, good afternoon. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Hey, guys, thank you. This is also my first time calling in. Oh, um, thanks. Hey, I just wanted to, you bet, thank you. I just want to give you a huge shout-out to the whole AFR program. Uh, I also am a truck driver. I own a dump trucking business, and I'm driving up and down the road, so I get to listen from 5 30 in the morning until usually about five o'clock in the afternoon uh when i pull in the driveway every night um but i just want to say that i can't i can't imagine how many countless lives that that not just exploring the word but afr also uh holistically has changed uh people's mindset about their children and how they need to protect their kids and train them up uh, especially in the world that that we are living in today um our kids are 12 and 14, and before we ever had kids, we it was a conviction that we had that we were going to homeschool um, because we know that the enemy's goal is to kill, steal, and destroy. And uh, I just I just want to tell you guys and, and everybody, thank you so much for never backing down, never wavering, never uh, stepping aside when it's not comfortable to have the conversations. Uh, you guys... You do the right thing, and I, I know that there's a million people that have probably changed about the way that they're raising their children and raising their family and being more intentional about doing uh, things God's way in their family to prepare for what we know is probably going to come. But we, we just have to keep pressing on and serving the Lord to the best until the Lord comes back. Amen. Hey, Sam, thank you for those kind words and encouraging words, too. Um, I can tell you, having been here in Tupelo at AFA, AFR, for 23 years, I remember Brother Don, and, uh, you know, I had the privilege to work with him for several years. It, it's one of the things that we're not called to be flashy. We're trying to keep up with the modern culture, if you will, by reaching out on through social media and through our own visual platforms at AFR AFA.net. Um, but Brother Don always said, we're called to be faithful. And so that's what this ministry is, has striven, I guess, with uh, my English fails me. So I just made one up. Um, it's one of the things that we've strived for over those years is to remain faithful and you know, Tim and Walker and Wesley and Riley, they continue to offer that leadership to us that we are faithful first to God and then that we continue the platform that was established for us because what we walk here in today was established many years ago, but it's why the AFA Foundation was made, why the AFA uh, was made as a whole is that we're called to be faithful Folks, I encourage you, if you want to know more about AFA and what we stand for, I ask you to visit afa.net and just click on the link that says who we are, and you'll find who we are there. And folks talk about that we're a hate group, that we're this group. Folks, that's not true. You will never find a group that loves people more than AFA does. And our thing is we want to reach everyone with the message of Christ. And Alex, I know that you uh, that you supported AFA before you even came on board with us. 
Oh my goodness, yes. And and my mom, so many years ago, I've told the story, but my mom saw Don Wildman on the Phil Donahue show. And uh, right away, she was on board. And and so I, I would see the AFA newsletter, which back then, I think, would it have still been called the American Federation for Decency way back in the Donahue days, probably? It, it was. Um, I, you know, AFA came out of that, but at the very beginning, it was the American Federation for Decency, and then uh, it, it grew into AFA. But go yeah. ahead with your... Well, and you know something that's very meaningful to me. So we, Truth for a New Generation, we were doing youth apologetics conferences, and we had a little bitty office out of Greensboro, North Carolina, and Angie and I kind of set up shop there. But I had this newsletter, and Tim Wildman had sent out a thing that his dad was very ill and um, had been on a mission trip, and we were praying for Don Wildman. And, you know, I, I remember it well, getting that newsletter, and I didn't really know who Tim Wildman was at that point, but we were praying for Don Wildman, and God spared his life, and he recovered from this um, illness. But if I'd known that someday I would be on the American Family Radio Network, oh my goodness, 20 years ago that would have, I could not have gotten my mind around that. But I just want to testify God is so faithful and here we are, and exploring the Word. You know, I went on the air July 1 of 2009 with um, a different show, and then uh, January 1 of 2010, it became Exploring the Word. But um, we see the hand of God on this. We give God the glory, and it, it is nice when we hear those kind sentiments like the callers have shared, but we completely give God the glory, don't we? Absolutely, because if it were not for his blessing on this ministry, we wouldn't be where we are. And if it weren't for the faithfulness of our leaders to that calling, I I don't think that we would be where we are now. I mean, think about this. A country preacher started a ministry that has grown worldwide and started a radio network that is is also international because of AFR.net, AFA.net, but started with a station. Mm-hmm. And now we have 178 stations in 32 states ministering to more than 600 communities. And we do mm. it all because of the faithfulness of Don Wildman and his calling and the faithfulness of his family to continue that calling, as well as our employees and staff here. Uh, Alex, I know we didn't get to a lot of questions today, but I think we did some good ministry in spite of that. Amen. Well, folks, we're going to pick it up tomorrow in Acts chapter 4 again. Uh, beginning there at about verse 13. So you follow along with us. In the meantime, keep us in prayer. Pray for our nation. And yes, Bert, uh, he's on the road at the Southern Baptist Convention. Please keep that great meeting in prayer. And we'll see you tomorrow, folks. Pray for AFA and tell somebody about exploring the Word. But most of all, tell everybody about Jesus. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.